श्री गुरु परंपरा की जय श्री श्री गोरा की जय any questions this evening? Yes. Um, well, since tomorrow starts Karthi, my question's a little embarrassing, but, um, you know, I've been, you know, offering candles every year of my life. I still don't know exactly why. Um, oh, there are different reasons for that. It's, um, but the, uh, basic idea is that, um, let there be light. Hmm. And let light prevail as it does over darkness, good over evil. Hmm. This is the basic generic sense. It uh, pertains, for example, to um, its Nibwali. Hmm. Deep means light. So it's a festival of light, and um, I don't know. I maybe it's become accustomed to do every day of the Kartik Mass, but on the the Bali day, it's particularly the day, and it commemorates different pastimes. One of them is Ram's return to Lanka, or to excuse me, to Ayodhya. And they let lights all around the top of the palace and so forth to to greet him. Ten million lights to greet Ram on his return. So it's a victory, celebration, light over darkness, goodness over bad, spiritual over uh, material is the basic idea. There may be, I can recall at the moment, some other pastimes, other leelas, maybe even in relation to Krishna, that's with the light, similar, but the famous one, maybe Mars, you remember something? No. So I think um, maybe that uh, Prabhupada instituted something like that, offering the candles every day. It's nice. That's, but this is um, the basic idea. <clears throat> so Kartik begins tomorrow. Well, it depends. It can begin from the Ekadasi, which just passed, or the full moon. Tomorrow's the full moon, right? Purnim. Yeah. Begins. It's the uh, one month of the four months. Chaturmasya of the rainy season that are singled out for religious and spiritual uh, pursuit and it is the last of the four months and it's the month that's been emphasized by the Gaudiya Vaishnavas observance of the Kartik is Mas the month is the is the uh, Anga of Bhakti it's not that uh, Chaturmasi is necessarily, but the observance of Kartik is with its emphasis on on, on Radha, it's her month. Hmm. Next month is Krishna's month, Margashirsha. And this, this, this is Radha's month. 
Ujjvrata. Uh, it's a month for recognizing the Shakti. Hmm. And Radha is the primal Shakti. Time for getting her grace. And nice things are said in the Padma Purana. I believe that Rupa Goswami cited the idea that sometimes you can do a small thing, it can have a very big effect. Hmm. And such is the nature of Kartik. So doing a little something in Kartik can have a magnified effect. So it's a way of trying to help the devotees think something important is going on. Every day something important is going on, but these types of ruts and so forth and to help us experience the, uh, the result of paying closer attention to our practice. So maybe we talk about that more as Kartik commences. I guess we'll it extends through our whole festival, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so many auspicious days during the uh, the Kartik. <clears throat> Both auspicious days on the Vaishnav calendar, on the broader Hindu calendar, on the Gaudiya calendar, and on the the uh, Bhaktivinoda Paribar calendar includes the, the what is it, the appearance of Sridhar Maharaj, I think. Mm. Disappearance of Prabhupada. So that's particular to the Bhaktivinoda Paribar. Mm. So many, many auspicious days to to observe. You had a question? Yes, when we look at the nine principal angas of bhakti, mm-hmm. uh, two of them, serving and becoming a friend, could you point out uh, exactly what that means and relate it also to those as they are specific relationships with Krishna? Do they, in the context of being an anga of bhakti, relate to those whose ideal rests in servitude and friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These um, are described in the Bhagavatam, uh, the nine Navalakshan Bhakti by Prahlad Maharaj. Mm-hmm. So amongst the two of them, Dasyam, Sakyam are mentioned. Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu Smarnam, Parasevanam, Arjanam, Vandanam, Dasyam, Sakyam, Atmani Vedanam. <clears throat> and so, um, exposed, exposed as they are by Prahlad, um, they constitute the principal Angas of Vaidhi Bhakti. Mm. And so they're explained as such by Rupa Goswami. Sakyam and Dasyam have other... Um, meanings in relation to perfection rather than to sadhana. Hmm. So these are angas of sadhana bhakti and vaidhi sadhana bhakti. They can be angas of ragnoga bhakti too. Of course, it's a question of orientation. Difference in, 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 for the most part between vaidhi bhakti and raga bhakti, as you know, is an orientation. But... <clears throat> They are particularly explained 
here in the section of Rupa Goswami's Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu on Vaidhi Bhakti. And I believe Jiva Goswami makes uh, distinguishing remarks, remarks distinguishing them from the ideals of Dasirasa, Sakirasa. So there's ideal and then there's practice. Of course, they come together too to a large extent, our ideal and our practice. What we practice, practice makes perfect, they say. So our practice determines our perfection. But nonetheless, he's distinguished them from Sakya in particular. He's distinguished from Sakiras, for example, of of Vrindavan, or for that matter, of the, the Purisambandi Sakya of someone like Arjun or Draupadi. Um, and uh, also with with Dasyam, which has its perfection both in Vaikuntha and in Goloka also, a special kind of Dasya there, for the most part, influenced also by, by mixed somewhat with Sakya. <clears throat> Very peculiar there, kind of Dasya, because uh, that is a land where awe and reverence are absent. And so... The dasyam of Goloka is the dasyam of Krishna's servants, like house servants and so forth. So they live in the house of Nanda Maharaj where they attend there to him in and around him as servants would the son of the king of the cowherds. So it's much different than the reverential dasyam, for example, of Vaikuntha. Hmm. They're not standing back and offering all kinds of Vedic prayers and so on and so forth, but they're doing menial types of services hmm, that uh, the servant in the house would do. Something like that, a special kind of dasyam. And it's, they say, tinged with, with sakya. So, but this kind of sakya and this kind of dasya of or Dasya and Sakya, and that Dasyam of Bhakunta, hmm, that is Dasya Bhav, Dasya Rati, Dasya Prem, Sakya Prem, Sakya with regard to Raghunuga Bhakti, Sambandhanuga, and Dasya as well, Sambandhanuga in, in Goloka, and then it has its place, as I say, as we know in Bhakunta. So, no, they are explained as, as in the section on well, Abhideya, on practice, sadhana bhakti. Then they're later explained in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu in terms of perfection. Hmm? So, at the same time, it's a good question because they're a little abstract, hearing, chanting, remembering, offering prayers, and so forth. That's um, understandable how you will do that. How I will do dasyam, how I will do sakyam. It's more uh, internal. Hmm? And it's, uh, I believe, described there more as kind of a, well, an internal kind of a disposition, an attitude. Hmm? Um, to be, to be um, cultivated. But without the kind of specifics that are cultivated in the, the cultivation of Sakirasa, for example, in Raghunuga Bhakti, with 
a general sense rather than um, as we go into rag bhakti and golok things become much more specific and as we know there are different kinds of sakas and and um, and there's leelas corresponding with the sakya it's more of like I'm thinking of God as my friend hmm. um, or that I'm thinking of myself as the servant of of God in a more broad and general sense. I have to admit that I've always found it a bit abstract and um, a little difficult to relate to as a sadhana and how it will be applied um, in a restricted sense in which the Goswamis have talked about it in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu compared to the idea of thinking of Krishna as my friend in Vrindavan in a particular way. That's a lot easier to get a kind of a a grip on, so to speak. Hmm. So, the um, there must be um, at the same time, <laughs> uh, well, examples for each of these. So, the example of dasim is given. What is Hanuman in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu? The example of each is given: hearing Sukadev or Parikshit Maharaj chanting Kirtan Sukadev. Remembering, I think, Prahlad is, is given and so forth. So I think that maybe Hanuman is given as an example of Dasya and again Arjuna as Sakya, but at the same time, they're careful. Jiva Goswami in particular, I think, is careful to distinguish this from the ideal of Sakyarasa, even though Arjuna is in Sakyarasa and Hanuman is in Dasyarasa. So I haven't found the explanations to be so... Um, effulgent and illuminating that I can comment too much or add too much to it. As I say, while they distinguish it at the same time, this is these, these ideal persons um, are given as examples. Hmm. Arjuna is obviously, um, well, he's a Purisambandi, a friend of Krishna in Hastinapur and in the city. Hmm different than in the Braj um, um, and Hanuman. Uh, the example of the prospect that Ramlila holds before us. Mm. But still, um, I suppose that we can look at them as they are professional role models of, of such and they don't in other words, the examples don't, in the same way as the example of Sugadev or the example of Parikshit Maharaj, take us to, to a, someone who is practicing Dasyam as a sadhana bhakti, or Vaidhi bhakti, or Sakyam. Arjuna's not practicing that. Hanuman's <laughs> not practicing that. They're, they're inborn in them. So the examples don't help to shed light. Hmm. On, the on the sadhana what is the sadhana of of uh, of dasyam or sakyam but that is I say I think what they have said is uh, indicated is more of a general idea hmm. that uh, thinking myself as a servant of I'm a servant of God hmm. I'm the, God is my friend hmm. And um, 
maybe because they are more internal, they are naturally more abstract, as opposed to something you do with your hands and your and uh, legs and mouth and ears and and, uh, and 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 so forth. You know, hearing, chanting, well, remembering. Everyone can relate to that. Meditation, offering prayers. These things are obvious. So they're kind of an ego, if you will, kind of an internal hmm, type of uh, identification in a general way. I think this is the comment of Jiva Goswami. So I wish I could shed more more light on it, but it's been always a point that I found myself to to be a little bit uh, abstract. Hmm. I wouldn't say that, you know, you could, I suppose you could... Give a, a rag bhakti, you know, explanation of dasyam and and and, 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 and sakyam, and because the central focus of rag bhakti is a particular identity, and everything's orbiting around that ideal and so forth. But again, the way in which that's done is 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 very clear in rag bhakti, very specific and so forth. Whereas in uh, in Vaidhi bhakti, it's it's not maybe as much as it's relegated to Vaidhi Bhakti as it is in the commentaries. It, by nature, it's more general. Hmm. Then again, how will you think yourself as the friend of Narayan? Therefore, I think Prabhupada actually um, does comment on it in a way that takes it to another. Um, Another level, so to speak. Uh, I think he might even uh, refer to it as, uh, with his term, spontaneous devotion. Something I'd have to look. Maybe, maybe in an effort devotion, you can see something like that. It's not what Jiva Goswami has done. He's tried to keep it, you know, as separate. But like you could see for good reason why Prabhupada might want to speak about it and. As a as a cultivation for those who have already who have a more eligible, I think that's the way he underscores it. More highly eligible, they can do this more confidential type of um, thinking of Krishna as a friend. I don't know somewhere now just coming to my mind in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Where is it? Where Jiva Goswami gives the example of someone slept in the temple. And, is he speaking about rag bhakti there? I can't remember if that comes in the rag bhakti section. About some mandanuga bhakti, perhaps, which is what Saki is, a, is uh, an element of, uh, a version of, as opposed to, I don't think he uses that example in uh, in relation to sadhana bhakti. Uh, but Prabhupada, uh, I remember, it must be in Nectar Devotional, maybe in his Bhagavatam commentary on the seventh canto verse, where this appears, for the mouth of Prahlad, enunciating the ninefold types of bhakti, which he just says in answer to Hranyakasipu. These are the best things I learned from my teachers, just not exactly what his demonic father was expecting to hear. Um, and so there probably gives a pretty extensive commentary on each of the limbs. Hmm. And I think there he, as I say, kind of takes the dasyam, sakyam, or in Atmanivedam to another level of more confidential devotees and 
more or less identifies them. When he says spontaneous love, he's speaking about rag bhakti. So that's one acharya, acharya prapa. Thinking about it in that way, it's a little. I was previously explaining it with some difficulty um, in terms of how Jiva Goswami, Rupa Goswami, has spoken about it in a very limited way, which is the cause of the the difficulty. So I hate to ask if that helps, but I hope it does. What else? Yes. I wonder if you could elaborate a bit on the difference, clarify the difference between Gonarasa and Gabichari thoughts. Well, Gonarasa speaks of secondary rasas. Um, you have the five primary rasas and you have seven secondary rasas. And um, the uh, the secondary rasas are like stai bhavs and like vyavichari bhavs or sanchari bhavs. Vyavichari, sanchari is two words for the same. They speak of a transitory bhava, one that comes and goes, comes and goes. So typically the sanchari bhav comes, there are 33 of them listed in, in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. And n- not all of them pertain to all of the rasas. You have to study and see. Certain ones of them pertain to Sakya rasa. Certain ones are experienced in Madhurya rasa. And it's overlapping. And then some are limited. Some are not experienced in different rasas and so forth. Hmm? The vast majority of them are experienced in all the different rasas. But they are nuanced despondency. Hmm? Hmm. For example, in love, then you become despondent, and it's an emotion. So these are the stai bhavs and the and the the, the sanchari bhavs. They're internal, emotional. The asatvika bhavs, anubhavs, bhavs. They're they're external. Hmm? Sattvika bhavs means um, involuntary transformations ecstasy, tears, fainting, and so forth. And um, eight of them. There's one ninth one that pertains to Vatsali Rasa, which is milk flowing from the breasts. Only for the ladies, I would assume. Not Nanda Maharaj. <laughs> so, uh, and then the, the Anubhavs are voluntary actions that are performed but out of ecstasy, like dancing, moving, and all the different movements of the different Devotees are different anubhavs. So there's different anubhavs for different rasas. So when you study it all, you see, oh, there's a whole world of just ecstasy. Different types is what it is. It's involuntary, there's voluntary, and these movements are for sakya rasa. These other type of movements are for vatsali rasa and madhurya rasa and so forth. Hmm. And some overlapping and some exclusive for, for one and not the other and so forth. So you have these external sattvika bhavs and vibhav, uh, um, anubhav, and then as I say, the internal Hmm. Um, Sanchari and Stayibhav. And Stayibhav is the basis of the Arasa because it's the dominant emotion of, of friendship, romantic love, parental love, servitude. Hmm. And these have the power to, well, define a person, basically. They define a, they have the power to define a person. He's my friend. He's my lover. He's my parent. 
So in the context of being the parent of someone, which defines them, or you, for example, or the friend of someone, there are other emotions that come and go within that, in the context of that. And so those are the sanchari bhavs. So they augment. There's actually a 34th sanchari bhav called surit rati. It's called surit rati. Rati means bhav also. So, um, And that means love of the friend. So that means to say, that, as I've explained a number of times, while you have your your dominant emotion that defines you as a person in relation to Krishna, I'm Krishna's friend, I'm Krishna's lover, I'm Krishna's parent, I'm Krishna's servitor, for example, in the Brajlila. Um, all this love that Rupa Goswami is talking about, all Krishna-centered, so everyone has a loving relationship with Krishna. He goes through all the stayibhavs and extensions of them. Hmm. In the Braj, we have these sneha, pranai, rag, and rag, bhav, mahabhav. These are all extensions of the stai bhavs, and they correspond with in sakiras, it goes this far, and matsaliras, and then maduras, up to mahabhav, and so forth. So, it's all the science, if you will, given by Rupa Goswami of bhakti rasa, and it's all Krishna centered. Krishna is the object of love, and then all these different emotions. The movements of ecstasy and all centered around around him. So the question arises in Rupa Goswami's mind. I've written all about this, but what someone may ask, what is the love how what is the love between devotees for one another? It's all Krishna centered. So he says, This is called Surit Rati, the love of the friend. So so the so the it's a sanchari. So so the love of the friend Mm-hmm. The other devotee in in in, in the lila augments like a sanchari bhav does your your dominant emotion as a friend as a parent as a lover of Krishna. Mm-hmm. So now what Chidahari is asking about is besides these dominant stai bhavs that define a person as I'm explaining it friendship parental there are seven other emotions that are very powerful that seem to have the power to take over a person, like um, um, hasya, comedy. Let's say two friends are together, say three or four friends are together, sitting around talking and someone tells a joke and everybody just cracks up and they're rolling on the ground and they look at one and they start laughing. They look again they keep laughing. It's, they've had that experience. And they're just holding their bellies and laughing and laughing. And so they become completely dominated by this comedy, if you will, comedic um, laughter. Hmm? It's called hasya. So it has the power to. It's a good example. Humor can humor can take over a person. Now you can't be like that all the time, <laughs> but you could be a friend all the time. Hmm? But sometimes, in the context context of friendship. This laughter can dominate, and it can be so dominant that the fact that you're a friend kind of kind of recedes to the background, and it just looks like you're a laughing box, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and so, th- while this emotion hmm, is transient, it's not; it comes and goes. 
when it does come, it has more power than other transient emotions that come and go, and, come, and, they, and they never displace for a moment the dominant emotion of I'm your friend. Hmm? They don't define you in some way and take over. Hmm? But some of them do, like hasya, laughter, like wonder. It's like, whoa, and everybody's amazing. That was awesome. Like this, Adbuta, awesome. And they're just like, whoa. It just rises to the front and takes precedence. So there are certain emotions, like the seven of them Rupa Goswami has identified. Hmm? Fear hmm? is one of them. Hmm? Um, we should go through them. Hasya, Adbuta, Bhayankar. Oh. Hmm? Birarasa, heroic. Hmm. Let's say a friend becomes a hero and uh, you know does something heroic, or in the in the context of a leela, they say you know let's play kings and cops and robbers. It used to be when we were kids, or Indians <laughs> and uh, cowboys. That wasn't a very good one, but uh, in Christian leela, they 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 play kings and some of the kings and some of the servants and so forth. And there's this guy's kingdom and that guy's kingdom. And so they're heroic uh, type of deeds. There's Danavir, divisions of this Virarasa. Danavir, Dayavir, Yudhavir. Yudhavir is the kind of Virarasa that's, that plays a part in, in, in Sakirasa. It's play-fighting, mock-fighting, and then Dayavir means who's fighting out of compassion to save someone. And then, uh, Dhanavir, uh, like a noble kind of charitable type of Mutarasa, so different kinds. So, yeah. Which other one? Oh, those are some shovels. Anyway, there's seven of them. <laughs> I think we've gone through them all. Um... um and and they have the power to dominate for a period in a way that other sancharis don't. They have the power to dominate and cause the the dominant emotion, the stayibhav of sakya or vatsali, to recede to the background. It doesn't go away, but it recedes to the background and one becomes predominated by this emotion in a way that for a moment defines them. Hmm. Hmm. And so this is called Lagona Rasa, secondary Rasa, because the experience of Rasananda, hmm, the heightened emotion that, ha- that, that, that has course, other ingredients when combined with it, it ascends to Rasa, means it has corresponding Anubhavs and Sattvikabhavs and Vyabhichari, Vibhav, all these things combined with the dominant emotion, equal the experience of rasa. So, anyway, these secondary emotions, secondary rasas, gona rasas, they have this power. And that's why they're different from the other sancharis, because they have the power to dominate a person and define them, if you will, for a period. Hmm? And therefore, they are like a sanchari and like 
astayibhav, or a a a mukya rasa or a a principle rasa that defines a person and doesn't change, and so forth. But like a sanchari, they change, they come and go, they come and go. But when they come, they define you for that period of time, and then so to speak, and disappear. They say it doesn't doesn't change the fact that you have a friendly relationship with Krishna or a romantic relationship with with Radha and Krishna. But that is kind of, as I say, put in the background and and they come to the foreground. So this is the difference. They're kind of a little bit of look at them one way, it looks like one, look at the other way, it looks like the other, so it gets its own definition, its own name. Like Baba Bhakti gets its own place. It's a little bit of some kind of sadhana and some kind of prema is there. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, so, but Rupa But still, it, it's a, it's a, it has to be identified as it as a separate thing from sadhana and a separate thing from prema. Hmm. Although there are elements of both, there's a practicing that goes on in Baba Bhakti. I mean, this is different. I'm just giving an example hmm, of something that needs its own definition because it's half of one and six of the other, so to speak. <laughs> so, um, so Bhav Bhakti, there's a cultivation that still goes on. At the same time, it's a, it's a perfection because it's a ray of prem that's dawning in the heart. That, that in the culture, the practice is to, to cultivate that, to churn that, so to speak. So with these um, secondary rasas, the reason that they are, they would be sancharis, but because they dominate, they have the power to dominate for some time and and arise to the to the to the heightened state of what do we call rasa. Hmm. Therefore, they're called gona rasa, secondary rasas. Does that help? So the other elements of rasa are then mixing with that emotion? Right. Right. You have rasa, you have to have all these ingredients mixing together. It says 10 there, but I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. Anger, amazement, chivalry. We did that, Vira, we did the Karunya. Compassion. I don't know where this is from, but this is disaster and dread. No, fear, Bangar. Ghastly, what do they call that? Um, was it? Vibhatsa, yeah. That's a famous one, right? So three of those that are listed there don't... Where's this from? That's from Prabhupada's books. It's a database. Of no, there's seven. Um, and Yehasya, Adbhuta, um, Vibhatsa, Bhayankar, Karunya, Bira and I say anger. Rodra is the word used. Yeah, those are the seven. In here, he's got astonished and wonder. Those are the same. Hmm. Dread and disaster. I think. I think disaster is probably somewhere. He said, ghastly as disastrous or something, and dread, like fear. Hmm. So, those are the seven. Anger, wonder, chivalry, 
of different kinds, as we said. Compassion, karunya. This is having compassion for Krishna. This is very peculiar. (laughs) Oh, the poor guy. Fear. (laughs) Fear. Mayankar, vibhatsa, hasya, and adbhut. Thank you. Does that help? That was pretty good explanation. Pretty, pretty clear, I think. What else? It's nice to sit with you all. I'm qu- quite tired for some reason today. You probably can tell a little bit. Yes, Marsh. Well, you mentioned earlier a little something for a big effect. Do you have any general little somethings to suggest? Oh, everybody wants to know, what shall I do for Kartik? Well, I, I have my restaurants. Yeah. I don't uh, have anything in general. It's, um, I, would, I, would, I, I would say this in general, that if you're going to select some, something to do, some vow to take for Kartik, besides observing it in general, something that you're going to say, I'm going to do this for Kartik, that the best thing to do in general would be to pick something positive rather than negative, like rather than, I'm not going to eat potatoes for Kartik because every time I eat potatoes, I overeat, so I'm not going to do that. I would pick something positive, like I'm going to chant an extra round every day or four rounds more every day and uh, increase my chanting vow, something positive. Hmm. Extra reading, something... I guess you could he'd take extra prasadam, <laughs> work extra hard. <laughs> uh, you know, chant some astakams and prayers for Radha. Of course, we, we chant the Dhamma Rastakam, study the Leela. It was uh, it's a, it was a very um, and still is in many of the branches of Gaudiya Math and Bhakti Siddhanta's mission a very um, prominent time, and they became. It was a more of a, an esoteric time for um, his his group. He tended to um, keep a lid on esoteric topics to a large extent, and um, outwardly advocate much of what, for example, Raghunuga Bhakti is not, and emphasis on the very 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 basic practices of Vaidhi Bhakti and so on and so forth. But during Kartik he seemed to like take the, the lid off a bit and and so they would uh, typically and it, you can find it today in many of the branches of Gaudiya Math, they'll they'll go through the Bhajan Rahasya of Bhakti Vinod Thakur, which is um, a analysis of Shikshastakam in relation to Bhajan culminating in Radhadasyam. Hmm. And um, you go through that, and 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 in Vrindavan, go there, and and uh, I think he would do his parikram, and you know every night just class and so forth, and around the bridge. So it was a big, big time, a big event, and um, 
very much focusing on esoteric aspects, mm. service of Radha and Vrindavan and uh, appropriate leelas and so forth. Mm. Prabhupada didn't uh, have a chance to develop that. The whole emphasis on Kartik and all came after Prabhupada, actually. Mm. I mean, we did the light thing, chanted the Dhammadarastakam. But going to Vrindavan for Kartik wasn't something we did when Prabhupada was here. Not that it was bad, but he didn't get a time to come around. He had us come for Mayapur, for Gorpurim at that time. And he had his focus on outreach and preaching and so forth. Later it became a, a fashion. It's an example of kind of overflowing into the uh, larger body of of Vaishnavism and drawing insights. It just happens as Prabhupada would have wanted hmm. naturally. Like the tree, he gave the example. You plant a tree, put a fence around it so no deer come and get it. And if it's healthy in time, its branches go beyond the fence. Hmm. That's what I'm saying because people do that and have done that in big ways and they don't realize they've even done it. Then <laughs> they caution you. Don't only, don't only do what Prabhupada said. I could give a thousand and eight things that... This is one of them. Prabhupada never had anything to do with Kartik Brat, or didn't understand what I'm say that. He didn't emphasize it, didn't establish it, didn't, didn't have any anything other than chant the Dhamma Narastakam. Like the lamps. Yeah, that's Jartamasi's part. Yeah. So. <laughs> so Prabhupada's bigger than, you know, than he, than he seems if you, if you, Look carefully, and he's taking you into the whole sampradaya and all of its richness and value. And, and he's supposed to have his students to learn enough to know to enter in there and sort out. You know, in the bigger world, there are there there are things that are sampradayic and things that are not necessarily also. But you're supposed to be able to feel your way a little bit, you know. And uh, land on your feet. Mm. Can't stay inside the little fence all the time. <laughs> so now it's a big thing, and it's everybody's like. You'd think that Prabhupada just emphasized it over and over again. <laughs> it's a good point to bring up because he didn't. Prabhupada never did the Kartik. He had to shut down the whole Kartik, you know, <laughs> festival they have and so forth. So we'll have our own festival. Everybody should think of as a good or a good opportunity to make spiritual progress and uh, focus on the Vrindavan Leela and, and the person of, of Radha. Hmm. The Dhammadarastakam is a beautiful commentary by uh, Sanatana Goswami. Also, we went through that one time here not here, but in North Carolina, some years back. I think I got through about four or five of the verses, not all of them. It was a nice, nice, nice discussions. So we looks like we do Kartik in the Carolinas every year, so one year we do that, maybe one day we do the Bhajan Rahasyam. This is our second year of festival. So... I look forward to visiting devotees as well. All right.
We'll stop there. Sri Sri Varada Madhav Ki Jai. Or Bhaktivrinda Ki Jai. Good Premanande. Hare Krishna.